Welcome to the Cap City Offers podcast. You've got Chris and Brian. Um, this is episode 76. Uh, we have a list of things to talk about, and we're just going to get on into it. Yeah, we're going to go after a free form here, guys. Um, fairly warning, for this particular podcast, I had a big cup of uh, Black Rifle Coffee Berserker, and I am cranked up. So if I say something that offends you, well, <laughs> too bad. Um, He's got a bunch of sugar in him, too. <laughs> That's only half a donut. I'm not quite there yet. Um, hey, we have a couple of PSAs to start off with. Um, number one, uh, it seems like the suppressor interest is kicking back up. Uh, people are finding out they can't buy guns. Maybe they got stimulus money, tax money. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's going on there exactly. But um, on our website, we have listed the process for purchasing a suppressor. Um, just, just as a, a quick cliff notes, basically, if you're interested in buying a suppressor, the you want to go to our website and link to Silencer Shop and get registered with Silencer Shop so that anything you purchase there ends up here. Um, Silencer Shop has the best inventory. They make the process quite a bit more turnkey, um, and and it just speeds things up in general to work through them. Plus, tracking through them is very easy too because of the way they do things. So you're going to buy your tax stamp, your can, your trust, and everything else through them. The only thing you need to do in the store at Caps of the Outfitters, if you've registered and done all those other things, is your fingerprints. We do have the fingerprint kiosk, um, and it is free of charge if you are purchasing a, a suppressor through Silencer Shop under us as, as our customer through their website. Um, if you need to use the kiosk for something else, like an e-file form one, um, if you're one of our customers, stop in and talk to us about it. There might be a small fee or there might not. Um, if you're doing a Form 4 transfer of some other item that you didn't purchase through us, we do charge a kiosk fee. We also charge a storage fee for those devices um, as well as a transfer fee. And again, all that's listed on our website, so take a look at that. Um, if you have questions about suppressors, you know, I've got XYZ guns I want to maximize with one suppressor or I want to know what the lightest or the best or the this or the that or the other is, um, call the guys at Silencer Shop. They, they have some experts on staff there who can give you really, really good advice. If you call them and you're ready to have a conversation around, you know, what's important to you, um, you know, you got a precision rifle and you don't want to screw up the accuracy, or you've got a really lightweight AR pistol and you don't want to screw up the balance of it, um, or something along those lines, you're just looking for that one can that can do the most for you. Uh, those guys can really help you out. Uh, we also cover a lot of this in our in episode 11, our podcast episode 11. Um, so you might take a listen to that as well if you've got some free time. Uh, give you a little bit of guidance. We do a decision making tree as well as talk about the process. Um, yeah. One other thing on that, yes. I kind of come up with the, what I call the, the updated decision-making tree uh, for suppressors. You get to pick two of the four following things. <laughs> uh, okay. Overall weight, overall length, um, sound reduction, and price. Um, it's a grid, folks. You pick two, you can't have all four. Yeah, and, and you might get lucky and get a third, but you're probably not going to get all four uh, in, in, in almost any instance. So, so yeah, be aware of that. It, it is, there's always compromises depending on what it is that's important to you. So um, the only way you get away with it is if, if you don't care about heavy, then you can have the other three. Yeah. So, but either way. Um, but yeah, so, you know, definitely as far as knowledge of cans, you know, we, we know the cans that we use and know a little bit about some other ones, but the guy at the sound shop can really get you squared away. So, um, the, the next PSA real quick here, uh, transfers. Hey, if you are buying a gun online, um, you are not hurting our feelings. We charge $50 to do a transfer. Um, that's good money for us. If you are law enforcement, if you are a fireman, EMS, if you are currently in the national guard reserves or military, or you are retired from any of those things, and the transfer fee is 35 bucks. 
Um, if you find if we don't have it and you find a gun online and you want to have it shipped through us, we are happy to do that transfer for you. Um, we we got a little salty about that a while back, and we had one of our good customers uh, check us on that. Um, you know, it got some new people transferring guns in that aren't aware of the process, and and some of that saltiness came out to to the choir. And, and we had uh, one of our good customers, Bobby, thank you very much, um, stopped in and had a conversation with us about it. Um, and and I, I appreciate when customers give us feedback, especially when we're out of line. Someone telling you you're doing good, I try and always do good. Someone telling you you screwed up, um, I, I do appreciate that. So, um, so we, we really do want to do transfers, um, but there's a process you can follow. It's on our, pot, it's on our uh, website as well. Um, basically what you're going to do is you're going to go to whatever website and purchase that firearm and they're going to ask you where you want it sent. You're going to tell them Cap City Outfitters. We may be already on a drop down menu. They may already know us. Uh, some of the larger sites already have us listed. If they don't, then they're going to need our, our federal firearms license. What you're going to do is ask, hey, what email would you like their license sent to? Email us that email address. We'll copy both of you back and get everything rolling. Generally, um, I respond to those emails within just a couple of hours for the requests uh, for the FFL. And then on the back side of that, when the gun gets here, right now we're requiring up to 72 hours. Generally, we process inbound transfers in 24 to 48 hours, business hours, and give you a call and say, hey, your gun's here. Come pick it up whenever you're ready. Um, it might want to add an extra day to that just because things are a little flipping crazy right now. Uh, but again, be aware that just because you got FedEx notification that the gun's here doesn't mean it's ready to pick up. Um, you're welcome to stop by, but unfortunately, you may not be able to pick it up at that point in time. So, uh, and you're also welcome to call too, uh, you know, and say, "Hey, I just had a gun transferred." Um, if you would, let us know your name and like the make and model of gun. Uh, we get a lot of phone calls that you know people going, "Hey, is my gun there yet?" Um, believe it or not, we actually sold to more than one person. So, um, yeah. so yeah, in please, that, please send if you're having a gun shipped to us. Please tell us what it is and give us your contact information. Yep. And make sure that your voicemail box is not full and that it's activated. Yeah, most of the most of the notifications we do are via phone, so we'll leave a voicemail. Um, and and it is extremely common to call somebody to leave a message to say, hey, your gun's here, and say, hey, this voicemail was never set up, or this voicemail is full, or whatever. And and then you call us a week later, and you're not happy with us, and there's not a whole lot we can do about that. So just want to give you a heads up there. Um, again, this whole process is on our website as well. Uh, so check it out there. Um, if you if you are one of the tribe or you are one of our customers that, that we know well, then you know the process. If you have a buddy who can't find a gun right now and they're looking all over central Ohio, finding it online might be the way to go. Let them know to check out our website or give us a call regarding transfers and we'll get them squared away. Um, you know, we, that, that's, that's, that's good business for us. Again, we'll take it. So um, PSA regarding COVID... Um, riots and all kind of craziness. As everybody's aware, the COVID thing kind of caused this initial rush on guns two and a half, three months ago, um, you know, back in the middle of March. Um, and then things started to get close to normal. Um, and then, you know, and then we had the, the George Floyd incident and then the ensuing riots and, and misbehavior around the country. Um, guns are extremely difficult to get a hold of at this point in time. Um, so inventory is a little bit beat up, but we are still here. We are limiting our hours 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, that gives us a, a break for our staffing because uh, we, we were a little short there for a while, and it gives us, it's giving us the time we need to catch back up. But our hours probably aren't going to head anywhere near normal um, until we get better guidance from uh, the CDCs and from the state of Ohio and medical professionals and scientists um, outside of people making rash decisions, um, by Dr. Acton. See ya. <laughs>
Um, so anyway, it, you know, if you want to be aware of that, you know, just be aware 10 to 5 Tuesday through Thursday or Tuesday through Saturday, pardon me, 10 to 5 Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, some of our services that we were, we didn't have time to do. Um, we don't do gun plumbing, but we do gun smithing. There's no, it's the other way around. We don't do gun smithing. We do gun God plumbing. love you. See too much caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we don't do gunsmithing, we do gun plumbing, so there's some things that we just, too many people in the store to be able to do some of that stuff, and, and things, basically because inventory's gone, we have time to do a little more of that, including site installs and things of that nature, so uh, give us a call, you know, if we said, hey, sorry, we can't do it right now, catch up with us now, um, especially coming up the week after the 4th of July, uh, we should kind of be back to a, a really crappy out-of-stock normal. Um, so not happy about that, but it may give us free hands to do some other stuff. Additionally, uh, we, you probably get this podcast, uh, I don't know, around the time frame to let you know, we are going to be closed the week before the 4th of July. Um, and again, hopefully after the 4th, things will return back to normal. I think that date will end up being like the 6th or 7th. We'll be reopening. Um, but that last week of June and then yeah, first few days of July, June 30th through July 4th, we will be closed. Yeah, we'll be closed. So we're going to take a little break, spend some time with our families, probably hit the range and, uh, and, and definitely find the bottom of a bottle or two of beer. Um, so anyway, wanted to give you guys a heads up on that. So that is a lot of PSAs. Thanks for, you know, thanks for putting up with that to get to the meat of the podcast. Um, today we've got two topics that we're going to kind of cover and, and there's some overlap. So the first one we're going to talk about, I, I, I get made fun of a little bit. Um, I've got buddies of mine, you know, who, who have known me long enough to, you know, remember the insurance days when I kind of had a collection of guns. Um, I had a little bit of this, a little bit of that, um, and, 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 had a, you know, and, and really didn't use many of those guns. I had a couple hunting guns I used, uh, and even that not consistently, and then a couple of, you know, practice guns. Uh, I used, you know, to, to train with, and then I had a few competition guns back when I used to do some IDPA stuff uh, competitively and just had this smattering of a little bit of everything. Um, and, and when I got into this industry, um, there's a significant differential in compensation. Um, and I, I turned some of that collection into ammo to take classes because I had access to a lot of free training uh, because I worked at a shooting range and training facility. And I, I could take the class for free, but I had to provide my own ammo or half the ammo or whatever the case may be. And I turned the collection of, um, you know, oddball stuff into ammo for classes and whatnot and training. So now I'm to the point where I have more of an arsenal. Um, you know, not everything I own is exactly the same, but a lot of it rhymes. Um, I've got a few ARs that are set up very similarly. Um, I have a ridiculous number of Glock 19s that look almost the same. Um, and, and we have one of our tribe who jokes that, you know, when things turn sideways, he wants to be able to reach in his safe and, and grab a gun and turn around and go for you and grab a gun and turn around and go for you and grab a gun and turn around and go for you. Um, so they're all kind of similar. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't have a collection. I have an arsenal and there's a number of reasons for that. But, but most of all, my recreation is training. Um, you know, if you're a trap and skeet guy or you're a sporting clays guy and that's your thing and you want to have a couple of different clays guns, um, you know, in your gun safe, maybe an auto and an over under or something like that, or you're a trap dude and you got your BT, but maybe you want to go shoot occasionally with a semi-auto gun or something like that because it's easier on your shoulder, whatever the case may be, that's totally cool. And, and I'm not telling anyone they shouldn't collect guns or own as many guns as they want in any flavor that they want. It was just a choice on my part to keep things simple. Um, as Forrest Gump would say, I'm not a very bright man. Um, it, 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 in my lifetime, in 40 years 
well, 40 plus years of shooting and then, you know, a, a lot of time going to the range and training, I don't think I've ever shown up to the range with a gun, but not the right ammo. Or the right magazines. Or the right magazines, because I, I have Glock 19s or what I train with, and I have a boatload of 19s. Uh, I have a boatload of mags, and I have a boatload of ammo in 9mm, um, you know, with ARs. I don't have ARs in 38 different calibers. My ARs are generally 5.56223 wild. If as long as I show up with the box of ammo and the box of mags and the gun, um, I'm on the range shooting and training. Um, I'm also the nerd who often brings a spare rifle and a spare pistol to the range for a training day because the reality check is even though I have good stuff, uh, occasionally things die, occasionally things break, you know, made by man can fail. Um, so the, the arsenal mentality follows the kiss mentality, keep things simple. Um, and so, you know, that's part of the reason that I'm set up the way that I am. Um, it's not that I don't own other calibers besides 9mm, 2.23 and 12 gauge, because I do. I just don't own very many of them, and if I do, they fill a, a niche. Um, you know, I've got a, I've got, a, you know, a collectible lever gun that was a family heirloom that's been passed down. Um, I've got a World War One era 1911 that's collectible and to me is historically interesting. Um, not guns I really shoot, not guns I keep a lot of ammo around. Of course, you keep a little bit of ammo around for them because, course, you know, you they're to. guns and you have to have ammo. Um, but, you know, in general, we talk about, you know, the inviolable case of ammo. Um, you know, I, 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 all those things lend toward the simplicity of having an arsenal, um, having it set up so that almost no matter what you pick up, you don't show up at the range without the right things. Also, the guns that I tend to run are very vanilla, very common. So, you know, if you're looking at something post-apocalyptic and you think you're going to meet up with Rick Grimes at Terminus um, and have some monkey meat, that's cool. Um, but the reality check is... The guns that I have are uh, are in the most common calibers as well, and and sometimes when there's like a run on ammo right now, like times like right now, it makes things a little more difficult when you have the most common calibers. But they're also the calibers that recover the most quickly from an inventory perspective too. Um, and having an esoteric caliber that costs you a whole bunch of money the other ninety eight percent of the time to me is not worth it. Yeah. So so yeah so. You know, when you start talking about arsenals versus collections, um, you know, bear in mind when you come in the shop and we're having a conversation with somebody, I'm not digging on somebody who collects guns. Um, if you're a collector and, and you want to own a boatload, that's super cool. Um, if you have a mentality that you want to own a gun in every caliber so when the world melts down, you'll have it with you, that's cool as long as you're making the assumption that you're never going to leave your home because otherwise you can't carry 300 guns with you to cover all the calibers. Um and again, some decisions that I made early on to stick with common stuff. Anything you want to add to to the arsenal mentality? Yeah, the other you know big thing let's call it the arsenal mentality. Um, your logistics, so holsters, magazines, slings, sights, yes, um, bag carriers, all that stuff just works easier. It works better. It's way simpler to find. Uh, one of the conversations we've had to have with a number of customers in the last few weeks. You know, they're looking for a concealed carry gun or a home defense gun. And we've got to go, okay, here's here's the four options we have in the store. Um, one of these we have a holster for. Um, so if you want to carry it at some point, like you can start doing that today in your house. Otherwise, you're basically left with a gun that's going to sit in a drawer or a lockbox. And you can go get when you need it. But then how do you carry it? Um, yeah. You know, yes. how, do you, how do you find magazines for it? Um, yeah. You know, there's some very large companies right now, uh, six hour that are basically shipping guns with an IOU or a discount code. 
um, for a second magazine because they can't keep up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we have a a lot of Glock magazines um, on the wall. So you know, the logistics and the the supply train, if you will, of being able to stay in the fight and maintain the fight is very important. And and I would say that you know, as 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 a second analogy or a second example, of that would be AR rifles right now. And if you can set your gun up to use a QD. Um, two-point two quick adjust sling, something like the Blue Blue Force Vickers slings that we normally would sell here. Or the um, Magpul, MS1 or yeah, MS4. MS4s, different things like that. Um, I, I only own, I own three of those slings, and, and those slings will go on six or seven different guns. I mean, I went so far as to set my AKs up with QDs. Um, you know, I have I shotguns set up with QD mounts. Etc. So I can take any of those slings. I keep a sling in my range bag, and that way if I happen to show up at the range without a sling on the gun, it almost doesn't matter. I can throw the sling out of the range bag on it. Or if somebody else has an AR set up with QDs or something else set up with QDs, they can borrow a sling if they need to. But that systems approach where you can shuttle stuff back and forth between guns um, from a training perspective and a general use perspective just makes life so much easier. Um, you know, it, it makes me appear to be the mother Yenta. I'm always the, the hen that shows up at the range with extra crap for people. Um, and you know, so, and that's, that's been my MO for a long, long time is to be the guy who has extra hand warmers, to be the guy who has an extra set of gloves and, you know, or something when it's cold out and, and having kids definitely pushes that too. Um, but yeah, it's that systems approach, you know, having things all work together and on different guns makes life so much easier so much of the time. Yeah, one other thing to add to that, you know, if you're doing AR-15, be it rifle, pistol, uh, some kind of subgun, whatnot, take a picture of it if you come to the gun store, or you know, know for sure whether you have Picatinny rail, whether you have M-Lock, whether you have KeyMod, whether you have some other proprietary bullshit system. Yeah, and if you, and even um, and, and even it, something that maybe slightly dated, um, an example I would give would be M-Lock versus the original Magpul MOE. They look similar enough. But if you've got a photo on your phone, we can pop open and take a look at. I can tell you that's old school MOE. Nothing we have is going to fit it versus that's so MLOC. We, We're we good to go. We have one vertical grip for yeah, it. Yeah, we do have one uh, magpul MOE vertical grip if you're still running a seven-year-old handguard, um, which is cool. No big deal. Uh, we can make it work. So, But, yeah, you know, having that picture of your gun you know, definitely is helpful. Um, or we tell people, you know, cased and unloaded, bring it with you. Um, you know, you can try the stuff on the gun and, you know, pretend you're killing I'm going to say Canadians, that'd be bad. So, um, but you know, something like that. So, yeah, but yep. knowing, knowing that, that kind of logistics and then trying to call it standardize, you know, amongst your guns, um, on that same platform, um, uh, also significantly simplifies your logistics. Uh, as much as we love, you know, MLOC and we used to love KeyMod, mm -hmm. uh, Picatinny is universal. Yep. Yeah. Cause you can get a piece of pick put on any MLOC or KeyMod. And still run something so you know it, it makes it a little rube goldberg it's probably a little sleeker and a little sexier to go direct to the gun but either way you have options if you have that yeah. so for sure um I, I i i think we've kind of beat on that pretty good and you get the idea uh, but again that systems mentality or that arsenal versus collection mentality and i'll say it one more time again if you're one of those guys who wants to own one of everything that's totally cool i'm not picking on you that's your deal um, I, I, I just like to keep things simple for me. And I was one of those guys at one point who owned damn near one of everything and just got away from it. So, um, the, the next thing we're going to overlap into a lot of people end up with the collection versus the arsenal because of advice by the, from their friends. Um, we're going to throw out the buddy warning. 
Um, those of you familiar with the term Blue Falcon, uh, we won't go into what the actual Bravo Foxtrot means, um, but you get the idea it probably. Um, the, you know, getting advice from a buddy, you can be Blue Falconed intentionally, unintentionally, um, a couple of different ways, and they all sting just a little bit. So the, the, the buddy warning is this. Um, it, we, we've had a lot of folks come in who have, they've gotten advice from the gun guru in their family. Um, and, and sometimes that advice is good. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's simply dated. It might've been good advice at one point in time. Um, but there, you know, somebody's telling them to come in and buy XYZ gun. And I'll throw out the, the almost timeless one is the old dude giving advice to the young couple and he says, just get the little lady a snubby. That's all she needs. Five for sure is better than some fancy auto pistol that only holds eight rounds. Uh, 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 because he smokes two packs a day and drives a Corvette and wears a sateen jacket. We won't talk about that. Um, you know, the, the, the advice thing's kind of funny. Make sure that you're getting, and it's hard to do this if you're, if you're new to it, um, but, you know, make sure you're getting advice from somebody who, who can give you good advice. Um, your buddy who was in the Rangers um, in the 80s and, and knows how to storm an airfield and take an airfield um, might know how to shoot a Beretta, but if he got away from the gun end of the world when he got out of the military, you know, maybe the advice you're going to get is a little bit dated there. Um, you know, the same thing with the dude from Nam. Um, he might be able to give you some good mental advice, you know, hey, the world's a rough place, you know. I had my finger on the trigger because the uh, Kong was everywhere in Honda bushes. Okay, cool. Um, you know, I get it. But, uh, you know, we do some things differently now, and there are some better options now. Guns have safeties on them. Um, you shouldn't put your finger on the trigger unless it's time to shoot something kind of mentality. It, so that falls under training. Um, it falls under advice. Uh, it falls under a, a lot of different topics. But we get a lot of folks right now who are getting advice from their gun buddy well, is your gun buddy actually somebody who has some training or some real-world experience? Um, some relevant real-world experience. Yeah, relevant real-world experience, et cetera. And there's a lot of groups that it would sound like we were picking on you if we started saying somebody in this profession or that profession or somebody with this background or that background may or may not know what they're talking about. They're, the reality check is, uh, you know, in certain professions, the gun is still a very, very small part of the job. I would even say if you talk to somebody who was a, a, a military special forces operator, whether that's like an Army Green Beret um, or, or a Navy SEAL, while, yes, they do spend time training with the gun, when you show up to run a training event with your weapon, you're expected to be squared away with your ability to shoot that weapon, handle that weapon, manipulate that weapon, clear malfunctions. Those are all things that those guys have, have zipped in. Same thing with PT. You do your firearms training and your PT on your own time with most of those organizations because the rest of your time is spent honing your intel skills, honing maybe training your med skills, honing doing infill, exfill, planning, um, comms. comms, and all those different things. And so, you know, it, 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 even for the guys for whom the gun seems like it's the only thing, it's actually a very small part of what they do. Same thing with law enforcement officers. The vast majority of law enforcement officers out there um, you know, if you talk to guys that have been a police officer for 20 or 30 years, it's still pretty hard to find somebody who's shot somebody or shot at somebody because most police officers have pretty damn good verbal de-escalation skills, despite what the news media would tell you. Screw the news media. They're buttholes. Um, 
so you've got a lot of police officers out there who are who are really good at dealing with people. They're really good at dealing with the public. They're good at dealing with emotionally disturbed individuals, with drunk individuals, with irrational individuals, with angry individuals. And, and they do a lot of that without ever having to use hands, fists, pepper spray, or guns. So the gun's a very small part of that job for most of them as well. So, you know, it, it's it, there. a lot of those folks may or may not be gun guys, and they may or may not have relevant training that applies to a civilian additionally. Um, so, you know, as you're going out and getting training, you know, it's fine to take training from a Navy SEAL, but make sure you can teach. Um, you know, yeah. it's, you know, I mean, we, we, we joke around kind of not joking that if you had an opportunity to train with a Navy SEAL or with a Green Beret, Green Berets are force multipliers. So they go in and train indigenous folks how to wage war. Navy SEALs go in and kill people and break shit. They don't do a whole lot of training. So guess who has to learn how to train people? Green Berets. That's who I want to train with. I want someone that can teach me, not just someone that can do it. Or I want to learn how to how to run a boat or how to get scuba yeah, diving with a Navy absolutely. SEAL. It, it, as long as they can communicate and train me. Um, I don't need hair care products. I have next to no hair. I don't work out enough to need a new exercise video. So, you know, if, if, a, if that SEAL can communicate, then awesome. If they're just a badass, that's cool too. Thank you for your service. Um, and pass the hair gel. So, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to go along with that, uh, be very wary of your buddy who has declared himself to be a master gunsmith or a master armorer. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially if he doesn't have the factory-issued certifications on the relevant platform or like the legit military certifications on the relevant platform um, and whose, you know, gunsmithing comes from YouTube and the fact that he owns a Dremel tool. Yeah, if, 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 you're, if you're with a buddy and you're having a problem with your gun and the first tool he grabs is a hammer, politely, a, de screwdriver. Yeah, politely decline services. Um, we, we have had a few guns, uh, brand new guns, um, come back into the shop that somebody purchased. They went to the range. Um, you know, I, I don't know. The gun choked on a certain type of ammo, or maybe there was a part loose on the gun. Because I will freely admit, the manufacturers are slapping stuff together, especially on less expensive guns. Are slapping stuff together as fast as they can. Um, you know, so a screw comes loose. If the guy grabs a hammer to put it back in with, maybe look for a different dude to work on your gun. Um, you know, same thing if you, you know, you take your new gun home and your next door neighbor who was, who was a James guy, um, takes apart your Smith and Wesson EZ 380 and can't get it put back together. Um, either again, we're back to, he can probably halo jump from 30,000 feet, you know, yeah, and, and pop, shoot at 600. Probably the 226 in the dark. Yeah. And, and, you know, swim a mile and a half, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, but again, maybe not a gun guy. Um, maybe just pretty and not a gun guy either way. Or maybe he's full of crap and wasn't ever actually a SEAL. Uh, but anyway, you know, if that guy takes your gun apart and can't and he can't put it back together, that's that's a clue. Don't let him touch your stuff, please, um, please, 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 dear God in heaven, don't don't let him touch your stuff. Yeah, uh, just to to make a quick plug, uh, if you are looking for legitimate gunsmithing services in Central Ohio, um, please contact Kevin Wordle uh, with Custom Ordnance Gunsmithing. Uh, he does drop off and pick up out of New Albany shooting range over on US 62, just north of 161. Um, he is the guy in central Ohio. Um, he does really good work. Um, he's relatively quick with turnarounds and stuff. Um, he's an honest dude. Um, we like him a lot. Very rarely he will buy us a pizza. <laughs> yeah, we don't take we don't take spiffs or compensation except for the you know once a year pizza from Granddad's. 
I haven't seen a pizza in a while, Kevin. <laughs> just teasing. Just teasing. So. Uh, but, yeah, please give uh, Kevin Wordle a call. Uh, his number is 614-940-6092 uh, or Google Custom Ordnance Gunsmithing. Um, he's the guy you want to talk to about getting repairs done, getting modifications done. Yeah, I'll also throw out there that... Legitimate gunsmithing services. Yeah, Kevin's, Kevin's been a gunsmith for going on 30 years. Um, he was the in-house gunsmith locally for the Gander Mountain stores. Um, he is a professionally trained gunsmith with decades of experience um, at, at both the corporate level and running his own business. Um, really, and, and just a solid dude. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, not, not a big AK guy. Uh, but I think just about anything else, you know, who gets you rock and rolling. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, I, I think that's about it, man. I'm, my, my jaw's getting tired. God love you. Cool. I still got part of a donut to finish. I know. Don't you worry about me. <laughs> uh, yeah, on that note, thank you for listening. Um, you can follow us along on social media. We are at Cap City Outfitters on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, as we get new inventory and things, that's the first place it goes. Uh, well, I know a lot of you guys also subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you for doing that. Um, a fair warning, you know, the newsletter comes out on Fridays. A lot of times we're getting stuff in on a Tuesday, and it is gone by the time Friday rolls around. Sorry. So if you want to know about stuff when it comes in, um, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, if you see something on there, you just got to have. Um, you are welcome to give us a call. We can take a deposit for it on the phone and hold it for you. Otherwise, it is first come, first serve. Uh, to go along with that, we do an email newsletter. Um, you can sign up for it on the website or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com saying you would like to get on the newsletter list. Uh, we'd be happy to add you. Uh, we are continuing to run our COVID hours, so 10 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Um, just gives us time to do some extra cleaning, do inventory stuff, because um, we just honestly don't have time to during the day. Uh, as we are helping all of you um, in the store. And then um, visit us on the web, capcityoutfitters.com. Uh, all of our transfer information is on there. Uh, suppressor information is on there. And please be reminded, we are taking um, summer break starting um, June 30th. So uh, if you're listening to this, it's going to come out um, just prior to that. But June 30th through July 4th, and we will resume um, COVID hours, I believe, on Tuesday. July, as I pull up my calendar out. Six, seven, something like that. Uh, July 7th. There we go. Uh, yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. Um, be safe. If you can't be safe, be dangerous. <laughs>